Well, hello, race fans. Welcome to another brand new week here on the Road to Indy Insider Live. My name is Rob Howden, the voice of the Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. Thank you so much for tuning in to the YouTube page. A lot going on right now. I think we all know that uh, with the way the season kind of pushed late into the year of 2020, it at the start shortened our off season. So we kind of waited for some of the uh, the announcements to start rolling out. Now we push off from what would have been the opening weekend of March, would have been the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. We don't get started now until the second half of April at Barber Motorsports Park. So we got a bunch of like a flurry of announcements and then things held off a bit and there's more announcements coming. And as the announcements start coming out, I'll try to grab the drivers that we can have here on the Road to Indy Insider Live. We've, we've talked to some great guys over the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, Eli Navarro will be a rookie this year uh, for D-Force Racing and USF 2000, as will Hunter Yaney for Velo uh, Velocity Racing Development. He'll be running in the Indy Pro 2000 class. I'm going to stay with that kind of middle level of the Road to Indy for this particular edition of the Insider Live. Joining me here today from Kentucky will be the 19-year-old Jacob Abel. Coming back for another full-time season. Looking forward to that. Let's bring Jacob in here. He's at home. Let's bring him into the show. Jacob, thanks for joining me here on the Insider Live. Yeah, thanks for having me, Rob. It's always always good chatting with you. I always like seeing those uh, tracks in the background. You know, you never know what background we're getting, right? Some guys like to stand in front of their trophies. Hunter had a big Ferrari uh, flag behind him. You got the tracks you like. I like that a lot. That's classy. Uh, let's just get things underway. Well, like we do with all these shows, and remember the concept of is, of course, to try to introduce you to, to the fans that are part of the Road to Indy and NTT IndyCar Series fans trying to find that new young guy or girl to follow coming up the ranks. We'll get into your origin story. Let's just first and foremost talk about how excited you have to be testing underway full season this year in the Indy Pro 2000 Championship. Yeah, definitely really looking forward to it. Um, this year especially, we kind of have a – a reformed able motorsports team. We'll kind of get into that later. I'm sure no. but uh, a lot, a lot of good things headed for, for 2021 here. Um, coming off of last year was a little bit of a bummer because it had similar levels of equipment um, yep. just to kind of have everything pushed back and delayed. And then are we really racing this weekend? Is things getting canceled and that? Um, so it's nice to have a little bit of consistency, even with St. Pete being pushed back, like, that's okay. Um, it's nice to have something to really look forward to and, and work up to again uh, this season with testing and things like that. So definitely really looking forward to it. Um, it should be should be super good. Uh, so let's jump in first and foremost. Let's talk about, about your career. I, I always ask the question, you know, when did the spark for motorsports first get ignited within you? You know what I mean? It's, I know some people, it's, it's their parents raced. Some parents uh, just watched Formula One or IndyCar and NASCAR with their kid, whatever, whatever it may have been. I know that you don't have that big, super deep karting career. You didn't start when you were, you know, a, a, a fetus. You weren't, uh, you know, a one-year-old in a kid cart. Uh, how did it start for you? When did you first start racing? And give me the origin story. You know, I always sort of grew with uh, kind of being surrounded by motors and, and racing stuff. I actually grew up riding dirt bikes, racing dirt bikes, things like that. So yeah. that's sort of my origin. I think I actually was talking about this the other day. My first dirt bike when I was three years old, actually. So kind of right. similar to similar to the kid carts. Um, but yeah, I've always kind of been a motorhead. Um, and then my dad, he grew up racing motocross uh, professionally. Okay. Did wow, a, okay. a bunch of really, really good things there. And so he, he's obviously always had in his blood as well. Um, mm -hmm. And then this recently, probably 10, 15 years ago, he kind of started into vintage car. Um, so you know, many people are familiar with that, but it's kind of just, 
you restore old race cars and you go and race them um, at tracks, kind of some of these tracks behind me as well. Yeah. Um, race them all over the country. It's, it's actually a, a really, really cool deal. So I kind of grew up around that, uh, started going to the racetrack with him, uh, watching him and, and kind of just sort of got the bug that way. I would always okay. look forward to getting off school for a week to go to the racetrack and, <laughs> and hang out with dad. So, so that was, that was the big thing. And then I started into like indoor karting. We started doing that together. Um, and then we made the switch to, to outdoor karting, um, in probably 2013, 14 ish. Um, so that, so. so that was the first deal. The first thing was you, you guys going indoor karting. We've heard that from a lot of people. And I know that us and of course in the karting industry as well, love to hear that, right? You find yeah. out, you go indoor karting, then you got to come outdoor karting afterwards. But so what was the indoor kart track name? I was like hearing that. So it's bluegrass indoor karting. I've actually bluegrass. worked there, uh, in recent years. So so yeah, in Louisville, Kentucky, not as big of a, a racing state as Indianapolis. That's but true. Yep. It was it was cool. I mean, I, I definitely owe a lot of them. Um it was it was really cool. It's a cool little story. There's a couple of drivers who have come out of there that are that are pretty pretty successful now. So that's nice. that's so how fun. how yeah. old were you when you first started outdoor karting? So my first outdoor go-kart race, I actually found the picture the other day. It was a dirt oval race in Clark County, Indiana. So a little bit different wow. from where we are now, um, but I think I was 12 when I did that. Okay. And then I did a few races there, and then the following year uh, is when we kind of got started over here at Newcastle Motorsports Park um, with Top Kart USA with them. So I was about 13 when we got into to the sprint karting road course racing. And that's literally been like you're 19 now. So we're talking about six years, yeah. really, when you kind of got very, into very it. Recent history. <laughs> very recent history. So. And then you've been car racing for three or four years already. Anyways, let's uh, so but. So you're at Newcastle, and I think it's such a great racetrack. Those who know karting realize that Newcastle Motorsports Park, probably one of the hubs, the absolute hubs of karting, national-level events, regional-level events. It's the Dismores have done a great job, and it really is kind of one of the epicenters of karting, especially on the East Coast. When you get into that program, though, you quickly become attracted to potentially doing the big races, right? USPKS, Scusa Pro Tour, whatever it may be. Uh, give me some of your thoughts the first time you jumped up to the national level. Yeah, so that's kind of been a theme throughout my whole racing career. I mean, even recently now, um, it's kind of been that whole kind of toss in the deep end and, and see if you'll sink or swim. Yep. So, I mean, I think I did one, two, maybe three club races at Newcastle before I ended up going to MRP for the first uh, USPKS race. And that was kind of like a big eye-opener, like huge change of pace, obviously. <laughs> right, um, yeah. And then soon after that, we were racing Scusa, and then yep. we were racing at four. And it's just kind of been that whole like toss in the deep end and, and stuff. And I think that's kind of what's progressed my learning curve so much. I mean, like you said, it's kind of crazy to think I've only really been racing for like seven or eight years, if that. So yeah. that's kind of been one of the, the things that I think has got me to where I am now, because that's the only way to really do it. We didn't really have time to mess around in karting for five years when you're starting at 12. You got to go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What I like, yeah. I like the fact that you did all your karting, you moved to cars, and you've actually come back. I've seen, I still see you at a lot of kart racing events. You don't drive at all of them. Because here's the question from David Cole. You might like this. He says, I'm supposed to ask you about your record as a wrench in karting. You know, so. Are you a pretty good first, mechanic? I mean, I won Scoos the Summer Nationals with Braden Eves. So, <laughs> so I think it was, it was pretty good. It was, it's awesome. And that's kind of got me into a couple other tuning jobs um, through the Will Power Kart. Yep. Uh, program Billy Vincent uh, and Will himself have obviously put a lot into that uh, and, and made it a really a really cool thing but yeah I still love the kart track I didn't really get to grow up there I never got burnt out of karting yeah I hear um, you saying I mean 
that's where like my core group of friends were uh, for the longest time. Yeah. I mean, being gone every single weekend in high school and stuff, it's kind of hard to have steady relationships <laughs> with friends and stuff. So I get, it. I get I mean, it. Yeah. So these are the only people I've seen. So it's always really good to go back and, and see everyone and hang out. Um, and yeah. But when you go back as a mechanic, it's it's interesting, right? Because you were a driver all the way up, right? You said you were a bit of a gearhead. You talked about that earlier, but you're a driver and you're focused on everything that happens in the seat. And yeah, you're thinking about it, but it's kind of cool when you get a chance to dive back in on the mechanic side, right? When it's, yep. it's just a totally different, it, it's it, to a certain extent, you probably got a feel for what your dad's like when he's watching you race because you're on the sidelines watching your driver braid knees. And it's the most helpful you feeling can ever. Do about it, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's a very, very helpless feeling. Um, <laughs> when everyone always says like, Oh my gosh, I'm so much more nervous outside. I've always thought that's like BS, but you know, you never really know until you know. So, yeah. so yeah, it's definitely cool, but it makes that's the awesome. wins really, really sweet too. I bet. I bet. All right. So let's talk about you. You, you briefly mentioned the fact that you're going up the ranks out of schools of, you know, the top level national carding, but you go F4 racing. Tell me a little bit about, about how you got into it. You know, what was the decision to go F4? Did you do some testing first? How, how did you kind of test the waters into car racing? Sure. So, I mean, essentially the whole goal um, when we even started karting was to get to car racing. Um, Cause that's obviously what my dad did. Um, and he actually did a little bit of USF 2000 racing late in his career. So I we did. wanted to go the, right. the open wheel racing path. Um, so that was like the main goal was to get, get me enough karting to be able to get in cars, uh, essentially. Um, so once we kind of step into F4, opposed to, you know, going to a team and, and writing a check, my dad's a businessman. He sees opportunity, uh, wherever it is. So he was kind of like, Hey, we already have this because in, in vintage racing, it's, it's kind of a, a do-it-yourself thing anyways, yeah. you know, usually. Um, and he's got a lot of really good people in his corner, um, in our corner now, um, that he knows through through the vintage racing. So when we went to F4, instead of, you know, just writing a check and seeing it disappear, he we got a car um, and started building it up and kind of repurposed the vintage team and upped it a little bit, up the level a little bit, and kind of made it into an F4 team. And that's how Able Motorsports, sort of the current Able Motorsports started. Um, so yeah, it was pretty cool. And it's, it's really crazy to see how far we've grown now from that first F4 race, uh, just with personnel and, and that whole program. But what's yeah. interesting is, is that you, you have kind of gone back and forth between both the, the road to Indy and the, the F4, F3 programs. You ran F4 and then you did a, did a couple of races with, uh, with Newman walks racing in USF yep. 2018. Then you did the F3 Americas race in 2018. I was 17 with, with Newman walks. And then you came back for Indy pro and went hardcore Indy pro in 2019. You and, and Parker Thompson had a great year. It's kind of been, you've been kind of going back and forth. Uh, was that by design? Was there a focus on certain tracks you wanted to run? What was the reason for going kind of back and forth? You know, at the time, it was sort of like get as much experience as you can. I mean, I'm right. I'm obviously already behind. I started racing late, so it was like get in every car we can and try and do every race that, that you can do. Um, yeah. Try and get me as much experience as possible. And I think that's going to kind of help having gone back and forth from cars. It might have not been the best for the results necessarily at the time. Um, but I think now kind of having that element and having that sort of level of maturity to be able to go from a car to a different car and, and things like that I think will, will help further now in, in my career now that it's more of a, a focus effort um, in Indy Pro 2000 and kind of able to to push and, and focus on on good results. And let's talk about that first year of Indy Pro 2000 in 2019. I, I just went obviously went back and scanned some of your results 
and just look at the consistency you had. We had some pretty a decent field then. Yeah. You were almost always in the top 10. I want to say it was like 11 top 10s on the season or something like that. And of course, a fifth place finish at the Freedom 90, I think, which was massive as well to be able to get that top five your first time at Lucas Oil Raceway. You look back at, two, at that year, 2019, what were your thoughts there? Yeah, you know, again, it was another one of those cases of kind of thrown into the deep end because <laughs> yeah. now I've, it's it's going to be my third year of racing cars, but I've raced F4 for two years and done like, what three one-off f3 races so i'm essentially an f4 driver going into indy pro 2000 parker thompson comes in who is almost the polar opposite been in indy pro 2000 been in the road to indy forever yep. and that's one of the things i mean i owe a lot to him um for kind of bringing me along but but again it was just like a big big step up i mean showing up at saint pete never been there before um and it was just kind of a building year we yep. ended up having some pretty good results i mean i think at mid ohio parker and i locked out the second row mm -hmm. which again in this field was like a big field you had kyle kirkwood rasmus lind yeah. stingray rob like yep. Parker thompson so i mean a lot of very very accomplished drivers so so i think that was one of definitely the biggest years where i took the biggest jump um in performance i think from and the, the, and the beginning of that year Jacob, and the consistency man that, that's what i i remember i remember talking about that when i was doing the play-by-play -play, but to go back a couple of years later and look at the results man you, you were your consistency level throughout the season, no mistakes. And that's, I always look for that in a young driver. You're not, you didn't make any crucial mistakes. You realized it was about experience. And man, to be able to get some of the results you did, I thought you, you, you probably were very happy with the way things ended up at the end of the season. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. It's funny you say no mistake. I don't know if you remember the, the Toronto weekend. Um, that was, that was a crazy one. Did you have a bad and, weekend there? Well, I, I was one of the, the first practice um, oh, guys. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, so I don't remember that, but yes, okay. There was so a couple of weekend, those. Yeah, so just things like that to kind of get out of the way, but then yeah. kind of rebound and and stuff like that. I think it, it was a very very developmental year, I think for sure, and and I appreciate the compliment on the consistency. But. So you so in twenty twenty, you guys elected to do the full year in the Formula Regional America Series, right, with with your own team, and, and had some good results there, podium finishes there as well. But then you come back to Indy Pro 2000 for like four weekends. I thought it was so interesting because you come back and decide to run the ovals. Yeah. And that's not something we normally see. Right? <laughs> People don't run the ovals. Not, hey, I'm not going to run these, but I'll come back and run the ovals. Didn't quite have the luck you wanted at those ones. You, you know, I know you had some, some engineering issues there. But then at, back to mid-Ohio at the end of the season, you had that full year, of course, racing. You come back. And then at, at that second weekend we were at mid-Ohio, you got a seventh and then a podium third. Um that just had to be the culmination of everything to be able to finally say, you know what? I belong on the podium here. Yeah. Speak to that a little bit. What was it like when you got out of the car and you knew you were going to the podium? Yeah. So that weekend was, was wild. I've, I've been on podiums kind of in formula regional a few yeah. times now and even got a couple wins over there. So, so I always want, I feel like I belong in the podium on every single weekend we go to, that's always kind of a goal, but that weekend was, was crazy. So the first, so we're coming into this, having never done a road course in this car, not tested or raced on one in a year and a half. That's yep. both as a team and as a driver. Um, everyone in the series had raced at this track and tested at this track just a, like a month prior. Yep. And so we show up. I mean, we, we know we have a good setup there. We know I'm, I'm decent at that track. But we go and we have the test session. We have mechanical failure. Practice, mechanical failure, qualifying one, mechanical failure, qualifying yeah. two, mechanical failure. We got to the point where we nearly rebuilt the whole entire car overnight because now we're going into race one. I'm obviously starting in the back because we didn't get to qualify. I haven't driven 
the car on the track yet, essentially. So, wow. and, and yeah, race one was kind of my first real time on the track. And I think I went from like 13th, 14th, all the way up to seventh, which was big. We were talking about that earlier. It's a very a hard track, track to pass is the on. hardest to pass on. Exactly. And yeah. then the second race, um, obviously we had a bit of rain and stuff and, I was playing it safe and got a few spots there and was able to to hang on to it and keep some pretty experienced guys at bay. It was just a, that was a very like out of nowhere kind of, I mean, after qualifying too, I was ready to quit. I'm like, do we even need to put this car on the grid right now? Because we haven't even tested. And, and that's one thing my dad always, always tells me is obviously like never give up and all that, but that was like a huge instance of it. Like anything can happen. So when we came out with a seventh place and a third place, I think we had like the fourth most points out of anyone on that weekend. So it's things like that, that are, that make them, make them really sweet. I have to think that will probably fuel you and your momentum and your motivation to 2021 here, because obviously in the off season, I think we need to talk about now and I'll bring up a couple of picks from mid Ohio. I didn't use yet. Uh, you go into the off season and now you guys are like, okay, well, what are we going to do? We're doubling down. We're doing this. Bellardi auto racing ends up shutting down. And this veteran guy named John Bruner ends up coming up, uh, essentially available. You guys pick him up. He's now going to run able motorsports. What are your thoughts right now? Thinking of, of a guy with that much experience, we're talking, you know, players for a thice. This guy's been around forever in the Indy car paddock, Indy lights paddock. He's with you guys now. Have you felt any impact just being in the shop with him at this point here? Or is that more what you're going to see when you head out testing? For sure. I mean, he's been to one of our tests, um, sort of just to evaluate the team and see where we need help and and where we don't. Um, But yeah, I mean, to be honest, Rob, it's going to kind of put a lot of pressure on me and and it's going to be a very, (laughs) a very no more excuses kind of, kind of deal. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, And with that, I've kind of, I've put a lot into myself because I know, I mean, there's, there's no more saying, Oh, it's a family yeah. team. Like, Oh, that's not like, it's a, we have a very proper professional race team now. Um, and not can, that we, and can we say that, can we say that John's really a, a no excuses kind of guy too? John is one of the most no excuses kind of guy in the whole entire road to Indy and Indy car padded for that yeah. matter. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to it. I think I kind of need that a little bit um, for myself to kind of be pushed. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. I think you're going to kind of see come Barber, a, a whole new able motorsports, um, on, on a lot of different fronts. So, so I'm really looking forward to it. It's definitely a very, very positive change. So have you done a lot of testing yet? I know we're still like, we're, um, you know, what, what are we? Yeah. We're still really over two months away from yeah. the start of the season. Spring trainings, the first weekend of April. Have you guys done a lot of testing as of yet? Uh, honestly, not that much as of right now. Um, okay. kind of with John, we're, we're almost rebuilding the team. So, we, we need to kind of get all that sorted before we go testing for the first time. I think we will here soon. Um, at the end of last season, I think in like December it was, we went to Barber um, and had a couple really good days there. Okay. Um, but but yeah, we're, we're kind of waiting for that first test um, and then we'll kind of hit the ground running because the car has a couple updates um, that they're changing to that as well with the engine yeah. uh, and things like that. So that's going to be, it's honestly going to change the car a lot anyways. So. so that's kind of working in our favor. Um, we're not getting too far behind the eight ball right now as we're just going to kind of wait until everything we're going to test the car. We're going to race in this year. So, so yeah, I think it'll, it'll be good. I'm really looking forward to it. Now the release came out. Of course, you guys are coming back for this year. It's a set. I believe in the release, it said it was going to be a two car team. We know you're going to be there. We talked off air a little bit. You were tight lipped. You're not telling me anything right now. You are in discussions, potentially you know, your dad and John with, with, a, with a driver that you would team with, maybe a couple of guys that could potentially be in the car. 
any kind of a timeline for that, uh, that uh, of knowing who you could be racing with? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, hopefully within the next couple of weeks or, yeah. or month at the latest. Um, but yeah, I think whoever it ends up being, it, it should be really good. Um, I'm excited. I, I can't really give you, honestly, we don't have too many leads. Um, yeah. but, but I think we'll, we'll find someone who will fit the bill really well. What, uh, what are the expectations for 2021? What's, uh, what's going to be a good season for Jacob Abel? You know, I mean, again, like I said, kind of podiums every weekend is, is going to be the goal. Yep. <laughs> that would be the goal. But, That's it. Yeah, we'll see. And, and, I'm kind of going to go into, I mean, last year I went into the FR America's schedule coming off a couple of wins in, in 2019, ready to, if I'm not winning every race, I'm going to be upset. I mean, I'm going to go out and kind of enjoy it this year and, and sort of just see where we are halfway through the season and then talk about points and championships when we get there. I mean, we'll start out and just looking for consistent, good results. Obviously I want to win races and I, I think it's, it's very very possible with our, our new operation. I think I've, I've come a long way as a driver. I think we could, we could very well be in contention for, for wins at some of the tracks. So obviously I'd like to say that's the goal every weekend, but I mean, if we podium every race, that's how championships are, are made. So, so that'd be obviously the goal. You know, and that Jacob kind of leads into what you and I were talking about before as well. We didn't get a chance to do it yet here. So I think it's a perfect cap here. When we're talking about the road to Indy, it's about driver development, right? You don't always need to be winning races to, to, to get it done. The interesting thing is, it, you know, if I were to ask you what your career aspiration is, you're not going to, I know we, we've talked about this before. You're not going to say, I want to win this championship. I want to win this championship. You're a guy with more of a mindset that I would have. And it's, I just want to be able to have a professional career here. So whatever I'm doing, whether it's putting, you know, wins on resumes, whatever it may be, as long as you're developing as a driver, wherever you're going to end up, you want to have success there. Is that, can, can you, can you talk a little bit? about what your career aspirations are? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I just want to get paid to drive a race car. I mean, that'd be, that'd be awesome. But, but yeah, obviously there's a lot of different places that can happen in. Um, I'm doing a lot of stuff with Acura, Honda, yep. uh, that brand. I'm just trying to build my relationship there. I mean, they have an awesome community. I did GT3 Academy last year. Um, and then I'm going to actually have a, have a partial season in that this year. So kind of just trying to, to build a big foundation, trying to be as diverse of a driver as possible, being able to, you know, get a call weekend if I have to go race this. Okay. I've raced a car similar to that before it shouldn't be an issue. So kind of just trying to do that. And again, yeah, still, still developing as a driver as much as I can. I mean, you know, I'm in a very fortunate position where I kind of have consistency in my career right now at this time. Um, so I'm kind of just using that to become the best driver I can. So you, when, when that doesn't happen, I'll be able to, 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 you know, get, get rides wherever that may be. Um, but yeah, I, again, uh, just, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I think it'll be an interesting year for you. You're going to be in, in the, in the Indy pro car, then in the, the accurate back and forth. That's good. That's something yep. that'll push you as a, as a driver as well. Will it not? hundred percent. And I mean, we saw that the year I raced was teammates with Parker Thompson. I mean, there was one weekend where he was doing both at the same time. So <laughs> So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, but again, we, we kind of talked about it earlier, going back and forth has kind of given me that discipline to be able to, to sort of be able to do that. And I've driven the GT3 before and I've driven the Indy Pro plenty before. So, so I know their, their tendencies, so it shouldn't be too hard after the first time doing it. Um, but yeah, definitely should be, should be pretty interesting for sure. Here's a question. We'll cap it off from, from Casey Ackerman. He says, actually it's not a, it's a statement. Able Motorsports needs an Indy lights car. I, I expect you'd like to drive one. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd love to drive one. Um, obviously we, 
we now have a pretty good program where it'd be kind of easy to implement that um, with yeah. with John Byrne. I mean, we could almost be a Bellardi Autosport right now, yeah. Um, yeah. or Bellardi Racing rather. So, so yeah, we'll see. Um, we're kind of gonna gonna see where this year goes, and that'd definitely be an option, but no promises for sure. Obviously, the <laughs> the bills get a lot bigger as you take <laughs> take steps up the ladder. So, so we'll see how it goes. Um, again, just kind of playing everything by ear. Jacob, yeah. I appreciate you joining me here. Uh, obviously, again, we, we want people following and watching here on the Road Day, the Insider Live, making sure they get a chance to know who you are uh, and be able to follow you throughout your journey, wherever that ends up taking you, whether it's IndyCar, whether it's sports cars. But we know for this year, it'll be Indy Pro 2000. A lot of great events for us this year. Is there one track before we cap off? Is there one track you can't wait to get back to in 2021? You know, it's got to be mid-Ohio. I mean, as, <laughs> as many times as we've been there, it never never gets old. Um, yeah. Mid-Ohio is always going to be a, have a special place in my heart. It was the first place I ever drove a car in the first place. Um, spent a lot of time there, know the people who, who own it and, and run it really well. So okay. definitely be mid-Ohio. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I mean, it's a great schedule this year. Like you said, obviously street courses and stuff like yeah. that are – are super fun to me because um, it kind of levels the playing field. No one has a thousand laps on St. Petersburg. So it so should be, yeah. should be pretty good. All right. Uh, how do people follow you on social media? Let's wrap up with that. Yeah. So Instagram is, is my main one at Jake Babel. Um, pretty simple. Uh, then Facebook, Jake Babel racing, Twitter, Jake Babel racing as well. So all those, please follow any me. Spo- any sponsors you want to pimp out right now? Yeah. I mean, Able Motorsports is obviously the big one. It's always yeah. going to be um, Honda racing, HBD, They've helped me out a ton this year, so so always big props to them. But yeah, well, dude, thank you so much for taking time here on a, on a Monday afternoon. I appreciate it. Have an awesome week, and good luck when testing gets underway. Thanks so much, Rob. I'll talk to you later. There is, folks. Uh, Jacob Abel, an incredible young driver. We'll bring it back here. Let's drop him into the back uh, again. Th- this rapid curve for this young driver. We talked about six years, really, from going from karting at Newcastle Motorsports Park after doing some indoor karting right into top-level national racing in the United States Pro Kart Series, then the Supercarts USA Pro Tour, into F4, and he's been driving so much different stuff. An F, the F4 car, the F3 car, Indy Pro 2000. In 2017, he got a chance to sample that USF 2000 car as well. So we never know where it's going to go, but this is going to be a really cool year, I think, for Jacob Abel. He'll be definitely one to watch. He's had success on the ovals before, that top five finish at the Freedom 90 a couple of years ago. I think that bodes well when we get back there this may but also that success at mid ohio at the end of uh, the season last year seventh in that opening race a third in the second race after all the crap that they went through all weekend long he was able to turn around that's kind of a test of a young man to be able to keep that focus right and be able to come back and he was rewarded with a third place finish add john bruner to able motorsports we'll see what teammate he ends up getting how they complement each other as well Able Motorsports could be a pretty impressive dark horse throughout the 2021 season. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here, folks, on the Road to Indy Insider Live. More announcements have come out. Uh, I'll grab a couple more drivers. We're going to try to get another driver for Thursday. Not sure who it's going to be at this point. And then we'll go Monday and Thursday of the following week as well. Uh, I'll tell you, this is cool because every level of the Road to Indy, we're seeing like 10% growth, potential for 25 to 28 USF 2000. More stuff's happening in Indy Pro right now. We could have as, as many as 18 to 20 cars. It's crazy how things are coming together late. And then right now, as we know, 12 drivers confirmed for Indy Lights, a couple more potentially coming in to make it 14 at St. Petersburg. That would be, I think, the high watermark uh, for, for Barber, rather, the opening round for all three of the categories. Otherwise, we're done here. Big thanks to Jacob Abel for joining us. 
Folks, thank you for tuning in once again. My name is Rob Howden. Book it.